Hey, I'm Stevie. What's up? I'm Monty J. And you're listening to the Bookshelf Boyfriends Podcast. Where we take a deep dive with your favorite contemporary romance authors. Asking them questions about everything from their writing process to their reading habits, plus so much more. Join us as we help you find your next Bookshelf Boyfriend. Happy one year anniversary to the Bookshelf Boyfriends podcast. Cue cheering from the audience. (laughs) (laughs) Um, One year of Bookshelf Boyfriends, one year of episodes, super exciting. We have another amazing anniversary episode for you guys today. Day three. Day three. And uh, it's just a flying by. It feels like just yesterday we were starting this bad boy up. And here we are. And for um, my uh, secret baby surprise baby lovers, we have a secret baby surprise baby giveaway. Super exciting. Super exciting. Make sure to go check that out on our Instagram. Um, I, of course, I wish I could win. Right. <laughs> um, no, we are... Make sure we are super excited to talk with this author today. I know Stevie's recently, I know Stevie has been reading her books recently. Well, I mean, I guess for like the past month or so. Um, More like the last six years. Yeah. And uh, so I know we're super excited about that. And uh, it should be fun. Stevie, do you have any like announcements that you need to say or anything like that? Um, Not yet. You'll find out at the end of the episode who is tomorrow's episode. Very exciting. Which I'm super excited about. Um, I think that's really it. Uh, we're on Patreon. Make sure to go check that out. If you cannot donate to the Patreon, then leave us a review on whatever it is you listen to. Subscribe and tell your friends about us. I'm trying to be like Oprah and trying to be like <laughs> everybody's car. <laughs> on the way to work. I mean, I would want to listen to me on the way to work. I talk to myself on the way. I mean, I don't have to go anywhere for work because I work from home, but I talk to myself. I don't go anywhere for work. I just work from home. (laughs) But, you know, whatever. Same thing. But I talk to myself on my way to the office. I talk to myself on the way to places. I don't even know exactly where it is that I go, but (laughs) I'll I'll be be talking to myself on the way to uh, CVS after this episode. To get her um, some emergency. <laughs> so I can get some medicine so I don't die. But uh, yeah, okay. So that's all for me. And if that's all from you, then I'll go ahead and read the uh, uh, bio for Miss Tia Louise. Tia Louise is a USA Today bestselling, award-winning author of sexy, sweet military romance, small-town romance, single-parent romance, and romantic suspense novels. After being a teacher, a book editor, a journalist, and finally a magazine editor, she started writing love stories and never stopped. Louise lives in the Midwest with her trophy husband, two teenage geniuses, and one grumpy cat. Without further ado, let's go talk to Tia Louise. Thank you so much for joining us on the Bookshelf Boyfriends podcast for our anniversary episode. Tia Louise, welcome, welcome. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. This is so exciting. Thank you. We are super stoked to talk to you. Listen, Stevie has like, this is the one, this is the one you were talking to me about the other day. 
about like when she when she read it she was like i was not expecting the stain in this book no we're talking about that's trouble yeah that's what i'm saying she was like talking the other day about reading it and she was like i was not expecting the stain she's like three o'clock in the morning and she's messaging me and she's like i had to put the book down (laughs) (laughs) i was like all right then so we're super excited to be able to chat with you we're gonna go ahead and jump right into questions and i'm gonna take the twist of fate one Um, So Twist of Fate is a small town friends to lovers second chance story about Scout and Daisy. Is it Scout? Scout. It is Scout. Scout. (laughs) I was like, for a second, my dyslexia was like, that's Scott. (laughs) I was like, wait, no, it's not. Scout and Daisy. And these two were always like just friends until one week. They broke all of those rules. They were like, fuck it. And so like, (laughs) what was the inspiration for this story? Well, I, um, these... Scout is the younger brother for a character that I had written in my book, This Much Is True, which I released in 2020. And that was kind of a road trip romance where the main character is like a single dad. It's sort of a grumpy sunshine romance where um, the single dad and he's like angry and like going home to get the truth about something that happened to him. Um, So he swings through, he's driving from like, he's driving from San Francisco all the way back to like all the way across the country to South Carolina coast. And, um, and so he dips down on the way to pick up his brother, his little brother, who's in LA trying to become an actor and that's scout. And so he picks up scout and they set off on this road trip. Well, what he didn't know when he left San Francisco is that a girl had fallen asleep in the backseat of the car. Like she got drunk and fell asleep. (gasps) And um, that's, I can't, he wakes up. She sits up in the back seat of the car halfway between San Francisco and LA. And um, and he's I would like, pass out. <laughs> Yeah, he's like, what? You know, so he nearly crashes because she sits up, you know, like a ghost. And um, and then he's like gonna leave her there. <laughs> and she's like, You can't leave me. I don't have a phone, I don't even have shoes. And um, yeah. so he says, Okay, well, I'll take you to Los Angeles and leave you there. But then when they get to Los Angeles, Scout's like, you know, we can't leave her here, you know? And so yeah. they put her in the car. And so she ends up going on the road trip with them. So, um, and okay. she, she ends up with the, you know, well, I don't want to spoil it, yeah. but I bet you can guess what happens anyway. So, um, so Scout, I love this. yeah, so everybody loves Scout. I mean, Scout is like kind of a comic relief in that story because yeah. his personality is real, like charming and silly and kind of bubbly and you know and he's really hot and um and so everybody (laughs) fell in love with him right and they're like please 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 do a story for scout and I was like don't worry gotcha already had it in mind so that's kind of where that came from and so I kind of had this I kind of wove through that story this idea that he had left a girl back home Mm -hmm. so part of his motivation for wanting to you know go back with his brother was to kind of see you know if she was still there what happened and stuff and um so that's kind of where all that came from so that's that's kind of how that all grew up and the um the thing about it which was funny is I had two other books when we touch and when we kiss that are related because the the heroines for both of those books are best friends. Yeah. And so I had written when we touch in 2017 and that was a USA today bestseller. Um, it was before all my books were in KU. And, uh, and so I'd written when we touch. So then I wrote when we kiss, which was her best friend's story. And I kind of moved on to a different, you know, series after that, yeah. uh, boss of me and, and those actually, no, I'm sorry, make you mine and those books. And, um, 
but I kind of, you know, after a while, if you don't really kind of keep up with them, books kind of just sort of, you know, they kind of drift away. Right. Yeah. And so, um, so I wanted to try to bring those books back because those books were really fun and readers loved them. And so I pulled Daisy out of those stories. She's a small character. She's a minor character in When We Touch and When We Kiss because um, the heroine in When We Touch um, is a bakery, has a bakery and she's like, and so I had this, I had her on like this little row of storefronts and like the first storefront was a general store with like a sandwich shop in it. And then the yeah. second was a hardware store, then Daisy, I mean, then uh, Emberly's bakery. And then right next to her was Daisy's antique shop. So that was in those two books and I just this it. little minor character in both of those books. And so I was like, you know what? And so I was trying to think, I was like, is, are there any stray characters who I could just kind of pick up and, <laughs> and you know, and kind of just to link them. So maybe yeah. people would go back and check out those two books if they want to know more about Daisy and Oceanside and all that, that location where she has her store. So, um, because Daisy in When We Touch is a single mom, you know, and she kind yeah. of has an antique store, but I don't really get into a lot about her other than Emberly is also a single mom. So their daughters play together. And that's kind of as far as I went with it. And so um, I didn't really get a lot into it. So it was fun to kind of go back and bring her in and go back to that town because that town had a bunch of quirky characters and just was hilarious. And yeah, so, um, so that's where Daisy came from. So yeah, so it was really funny. So I had to do the antiques thing you know somehow to get her into antiques and so that's how that happens so I kind of you know I know I it's just like Ooh, it's all <laughs> I would my brain would have literally exploded trying to do that but I well it, it's kind of fun though because if you have existing characters and you can kind of go back then you already have this world there you know the the real the tricky part is just trying to figure out a way to loop them together that makes sense you know and yeah. that'll fit you know that's kind of the hard part it's just trying to fit it in a way that makes sense so that's you know exploded right so that when you go back you'd be like oh you know I mean, it's, <laughs> it's not seamless I mean I'm sure if you really want to dig dig deep you might find some places where it doesn't quite fit the lineup perfectly but it's yeah. close enough I mean you know it's for fun it's not for historical documentation exactly, exactly. <laughs> it's fiction guys exactly. so this story has a four-year time jump about halfway through the book and I wanted to know like what made you want to add that time jump and why you thought it was so important to Scout and Daisy's story well I um I wanted because you know because I was trying to fit it around this much is true you yeah. know and this much is true takes place in the future of the story and so I had two choices I could either do it in flashback which I don't know I mean different people have their different likes and dislikes I don't really like reading a lot of flashback scenes I have some authors who I love their books but I kind yeah. of feel like if I'm reading their book and then they do a flashback chapter or something I almost feel like it kind of pulls me out of the story you know yeah. I don't know maybe that's just my problem but I kind of don't like reading flashbacks so I didn't want to write flashbacks so I figured um, the best way to do it and um, would be just to kind of have the beginning be how they knew each other as high schoolers. And yeah. well, actually it, it's not high school because I have that short story that's out there. You Walked In mm -hmm. is a very, very short, like less than 20,000 words um, intro story that was included in a charitable anthology. Yeah. And so I had written that for a charity anthology back at Christmas 
So that's really them in high school. So the beginning of the story is right after they've finished college and Scout's getting ready to go to Hollywood, right? To try yeah. to be an actor. And, um, and Daisy's just getting started in the antiques business. And she's trying really hard to get on with like this big antiques road show kind of, I was thinking like picturing like an HGTV type of setup, you know. And American Pickers is what, anytime anybody says like antiquing, yeah. that's what I think of. Right. Um, actually, I was thinking, um, you know how like uh, Chip, Chip and Joanna Gaines, you know how they like started out fixing yeah. houses, but then they did a magazine and a TV show and all this stuff. Now that they have their network. Of, <laughs> right. Yeah, I know. Right. Well, and so that was kind of the image that I was thinking of because I was thinking like, OK, so she's dreaming of getting in with this business that has a magazine, a TV show, you know, and all this yeah. stuff for but in the antiques world. And so that's how she's starting out. So she's doing like, she's fixing up a house and like using antiques and showing her, you know, how she can find things and put them all together and do all this stuff. And um, Spencer is kind of her boss at that time. He's, yeah. he's the one kind of, I don't know, guiding her through this process and they're friends and he's trying to help her get the job because he's there already and yeah. he's like he's like a big CEO in that company and he's kind of like okay for some reason he likes Daisy thinks she's cute or whatever I mean like in a friendly way and yeah. wants to help her so he kind of is helping her you know get up to snuff so she can apply and hopefully get hired and he ends up helping her get hired so yeah so that's that's kind of how that that all went. I love it. But I mean, in order to set that up, to lay that foundation, I had to go back to that like period of time right after college. So it's like, I don't know, what's it about three or four or five chapters there. And then you come to what, where we are, where the cross country road trip kind mm -hmm. of fits in there. And then you pick up when he gets back. It's like, again, so. a fucking it's like Tetris. <laughs> Tetris. Well, I think it worked. I mean, I know some people are like, I hate time jumps and it's like well I mean but sometimes they're necessary because yeah. I can't write a 500,000 page book where I go through all the things you know you kind of almost have to say okay this is where we left and this is where we picked up and you know you kind of have to finesse it so you don't feel like what you know so it makes sense yeah. and I hope I feel like fingers crossed people seem to think it works so I mean I don't know <laughs> hopefully so, it doesn't bother anybody too much <laughs> <laughs> this couple goes through a lot before they have their happily ever after. And did anything surprise you about Scott and Daisy when you scout scout? I keep scout and Daisy like when you were writing them. Well, I feel like I had a pretty good grasp of these guys and where I wanted to go with them. So not really surprising. It's really always for me, it's always fun when like minor characters sort of present themselves as possibilities for future books. So yeah. maybe the biggest surprise out of Twist of Fate was Spencer because yeah. he kind of ended up emerging as sort of this grumpy billionaire kind of crusty you know he and Daisy kind of butt heads because she's very sentimental and excited about whenever she's able to find an heirloom or something for her family she gets so happy and and Spencer's just like what are you talking about it's junk you know this was lost <laughs> yeah. in somebody's attic this is you know I don't know why you're so fired up about this anyway he just kind of he's the Simon Cowell of the group because he's just business, business as usual you know he's like that's just that's just how it is and um 
And Daisy's like, you know, the Paula, I guess. <laughs> She's very <laughs> hugging and so and gets all excited and crying with the people. And Spencer's just like, what is going on right now? And so, um, so he kind of emerged as like this perfect grumpy billionaire who needs somebody to take him down a couple notches and yeah. um, so he ended up being you know the perfect character for the next book that um ended up being trouble about. right <clears throat> and I actually hadn't planned to write a book for him <laughs> I was just like by the time I got to the end of the book I was like oh my gosh Jocelyn and Spencer are like perfect for each other I've got to put these two guys together so um so that was kind of, I guess, the biggest surprise in that book. So <laughs> so speaking of Spencer, Stevie is going to handle some questions about trouble, yes. which is a super exciting, super exciting book. So Stevie, go ahead and take that. So Trouble released on July 17th, and this is Spencer and Jocelyn's story. So the, for the readers who haven't read, can you give them a brief synopsis of what they can expect from this book? Well... So we kind of already talked about Spencer. He's the super grumpy, kind of arrogant yep. guy. Um, I'm in cow vibes. Jocelyn is uh, redhead, feisty. She's Daisy's older cousin. They're cousins. Um, and she's a little bit older than her. But, uh, and so she meets Spencer briefly in Twist of Fate and they just do not. They're oil and water. And yeah. um, mostly because, you know, he's super cold and she's super, you need to get that stick out of your ass. So, um, <laughs> yeah, so they're kind of like, they do not, you know. And so then Trouble is sort of their story about, you know, she ends up becoming a, a massage therapist, but she was originally in flor florist. So she's a little bit of a butterfly, right? So yeah. she starts out as a florist and then she's like, okay, maybe I'll be a massage therapist. So she's still kind of going through the whole self-discovery, you know, what, what really makes it like a, like very much so like a temp vibe to me. Like yeah, have you ever right. seen Monster-in-Law? She reminds me so much of J-Lo in Monster-in-Law. Yes, like, she would be a dog walker. Like, I mean, she, would, dog walker she walks as a exactly. receptionist and like, that was the vibe she gave me. Yeah, she hasn't quite found that thing yet, but um, but she's excellent. You know, the thing is, she's really good at everything she does. And this whole like florist thing that she did, Daisy pulls her in for this big gala that they're having. And so she ends up bumping into Spencer again because, you know, he's oh. it's for Spencer's business. Yeah. And um, and so they re reconnect. <laughs> He gets injured. He, she's like, well, I'm really trying to be a massage therapist. So if you ever need anybody and they live in the same town. And so it's, I don't want to spoil too much of the story, but basically <laughs> he ends up needing to hire her to, because she falls on him and <laughs> nearly breaks his back. And then she's really sorry. She feels terrible. Well, she's up on a ladder and the ladder gets off out of whack and it, he tries to catch her and ends up on the ground. And so um, she feels guilty that she hurt him. So she's like, let me do this and I'll, you know, help you out. And then the sparks kind of fly. And so then he's like, well, maybe I do need a massage therapist. But the problem is, you know, she's like, I'm not sleeping with you if you're my client. Yeah. And he's like, well, don't worry. I never sleep with the same woman more than once. And he's kind of got this rule about how he never sleeps the same woman more than once. So yeah. they have too much to drink. They end up in bed together. She gets upset she, that she did break her rule. So she leaves. And then he's like, wakes up and she's gone. And he's like, wait a minute. So it's kind of like a push pull between the two of them of, you know, he's like, I don't do this. And she's like, I don't do this, but then they keep doing it. So it's a lot of fun, <laughs> um, you know, I don't know. Right. And then there's this kind of other sub story going on and Spencer kind of has 
a really terrible past from his childhood, but I didn't, um, I don't want to spoil that part because, but it really explains, well, I guess it's not really a spoiler is his dad was super abusive and he was taken from his home and put with a foster family or a foster. And it was an old man who actually did had like this huge house full of antiques and he was super rich and basically was really cold. And, um, as I was writing it, I kind of was like, um, well, I'd already thought all that part out. And like, yeah. so his stepfather's name is Drake because that actually means dragon in some language. I can't remember which one, but um, but I kind of pictured him being raised by this old man who was like a dragon. You know how dragons will like collect all this treasure and then just sit on it and hoard it. Yeah. And like, you know, you know what I'm talking about? And yeah. so that's kind of how I imagined <laughs> that guy, you know, being. And so Spencer kind of was brought up in this very cold, like kind of very cold environment. He was not treated, you know, first he's taken away from his family and, you know, and so he's got all this stuff that has kind of got him with this super hard shell, you know, Mr. Freeze is what they call him. And um, so, and Jocelyn is this fiery redhead. And so she kind of melts Mr. Freeze's heart and it's really fun to see him come around and be a really, really good guy. He really actually ends up being a really good guy despite his- I love it. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) his cold exterior he actually is a good guy those are my favorites (laughs) he's my favorite (laughs) i know he's sort of the villain but then he's like and that was the thing as i was writing it i was like oh my gosh this is totally a beauty and the beast story because he's this growly beast and he's like stay out of my stuff and you know when they have to she ends up having to stay with him briefly um and so he's like you know don't go over there and you know anyway and so she's just like melts his heart, you know, and it ends up being like, you know, she has to go back and save him. So, because he's, you know, realized the way he's living, he's turning into the dragon that raised him because he's like pushes everybody away and doesn't have any relationships. So it's kind of fun. It ended up having that whole, you know, I'm here for it. Yeah. So, so Spencer and Jocelyn are actually my favorite couple now. I'm, pr- I'm convinced. Thank you. That makes me so happy. I felt so hard for them too. As I was writing it, I was like, oh my gosh, I love them so much because, um, you know, it sounds like, you know, it's not actually so, you know, you can kind of be like, oh, it's too much push pull, but it's actually not. They, their push pull kind of works, you know, because it's yeah. like, I, I, they're both changing each other, you know, and it's like, I really love it. And she's, Jocelyn's such a great character. I love what a good friend she is. And she's just really kind of you know, determined she has worth and she's not going to let him just treat her like he does everybody else. And so I just love her. She's so much fun. And then Spencer, you know, he seems like a jerk, but he's so not a jerk. And you just want to see him get his happily ever after because his life was so shitty when he was a child. (laughs) It's very ironic though, because we just recorded with Harlow Ray too. Oh yeah. And she, she's the one who started after we were done recording, she's the one who started talking about trouble. Yeah. Did she? Oh, me and MJ tur- like literally got on Amazon and purchased the book. Immediately. <laughs> like while we were, if I'm not mistaken, that was, um, well, A, I was probably going to read it anyways. And B, it was your release day. Or yeah. Like, so and it was okay. because of the whole. Amazon had happened. like fucked up your rank. Oh God. They, yeah, they tried to kill me. They kind of did a little bit. I mean, it still made it to the top 100. Thank yeah. you all. You all are amazing. But um, yeah, I re- released it and it took three days for them to get it categories 
and rank. So it was basically, you couldn't find it in the Kindle store. Like it didn't show up. I mean, it was having a ton of sales and everybody was amazing. And I was just over here crying. I was like, because a big part of, you know, releases is when it's doing well and it's very visible. Yeah. People who maybe have never heard of you before will see it and be like, oh, I'll give this a try, you know? And so that's a big part of releasing is having that visibility so that people who've mm-hmm. never, you know, read one of your books might jump in. And it was just not there. It was totally gone. And I love this book so much. And I was like, why is Amazon trying to kill this book? Because it's so good. <laughs> I want everybody to read it. <laughs> well, you just, well, you proved them wrong because as soon as the ranks came up, it was in top 100. <laughs> it, it was. And I thank you all so much for that. It was just so, I was so frustrated because, you know, you write a book and it's like, I just, I feel like I just want everybody to read it. You know, I mean, I'm always yeah. like, I don't care. I just want everybody to read this because it's so much fun and I love it so much. And I want everybody to fall in love with these characters as much as me. And that's always kind of, you know, me. <laughs> I guess that's everybody. Everybody feels, all the authors feel that way. We all love our babies. So. So what was your favorite thing about writing Spencer and Jocelyn? Oh man. So, um, I see, I love having a little bit of suspense in my books. Um, my first big series, the one to hold series that came out in like from 2013 to, I think 2017, the last book came out, that was like my first big project. And it was like a big, long romantic suspense series. And I just love that so much. Not all of my books have suspense in them. I mean, some of them are just angsty. Some of them are second chance. Some of them are small town. I mean, like Twist of Fate is is not a suspense story. It's friends to lovers. It's like second chance, angsty, super hilarious. Um, But I love that little bit of suspense. So kind of my favorite part, I think, was like the whole dealing with the bad guy part. And so I just love writing those scenes. And like I had that total, that whole idea of the bathroom scene where she's hiding and the stupid automatic toilet flushes I was like and I had that thought it on the toilet I was in a restaurant and I was using the toilet and you know how sometimes it'll go off when you're still going and you're like ah you feel like am I about to get sucked down the toilet which is so dumb but you know you hate I hate that anyway and that's um, actually kind of like that needs to be in a horror movie Right, like where I they know. now have like these automatic toilets, and they always these bitches are always hiding in the bathroom, and they're right, like right. on top of the toilet, yes. like thinking that he's not gonna know that they're in there. And I'm like, why is this toilet not going off? Because I literally like breathe in the wrong direction in the bathroom, and the automatic flusher is like done. Like it's I know off. it's like you shift positions, and all of a sudden it's like, and I'm always like, no, it's getting on me. Anyway, yeah, exactly. I know automatic toilets are the worst, but I, that was so much fun. So I had that part and I actually, it was so funny. I came out of the bathroom and I told my husband, I was like, Oh my gosh, I just have the best idea for a scene. And he's like, (laughs) okay. And I told him, he's like, Oh, that's pretty cool. I like that. And I was like, okay, yes. And so I'm like putting it in my phone. So I don't forget, you know, That's I mean, it's so funny, but yeah, that I I really enjoyed the suspense part. And of course I love like Ollie, the little boy, Uh, little kids are so much fun. I love, I love having little kids in the story because they just crack me up, you know, they're so funny. And anyway, that's all. Yeah. (laughs) You talked about going about writing in 2013. You know, the first book that I ever read by you was one to hold. Mm -hmm. That's how long ago. (laughs) That book was huge. And, um, I actually, I've got a big surprise coming for everybody because I'm going to recover that whole series and relaunch it in September. I don't know when this is going to be out there. Eighth. Eight. Eight. So close, 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 close. Cause, um, September 15th, I mean, I'll have to go ahead and upload the new covers, um, before, because yeah. it takes a few days for it to up 
update on Amazon, but I've got this huge, I'm going to recover the whole series. I'm going to, it's always been wide on all retailers as long as it's been available. Um, but I'm going to try it out in Kindle Unlimited because all my books really are in Kindle Unlimited now. Yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and just put them all in there and see how they do. And, um, and kind of do that. So I've got a big plan because, ah, that's such a fun series. And I think everybody will really enjoy it. It's, you know, and, um, so thank you. Thanks I for reading Derek and Melissa. <laughs> Coming that was that one, one of my, fa- so I've been, obviously I'm older than MJ, but I've been in the romance reading since like, I guess, 2012. Okay. Right. When Abby Lyons released the Vincent brothers and yes. all those books. So that's Everything was kind of really breaking right then. Exactly. Yeah. That was back when Jennifer Armentrout was writing r- romance, uh, the aliens, romance books. The aliens. What no, she had actually had a um, contemporary romance book. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I was still on Wattpad in 2012, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's when I think, didn't Colleen, didn't Hopeless come out in 2012? Yep. Yeah, Both so that was everything all of those. really breaking right then. All those, yeah. yeah. And so, um, Right. So I jumped in. I was a year later, but you know, that's okay. I was hey, just, it's oh. what got me on my, my kick to romance and I haven't left it. So, right. I know it's so funny to think that oh, so much has happened. So much has passed so much time, you know, so many yeah. people. It's cool. It's really neat. I've enjoyed it. I have loved writing adult romance. It's the readers are so fun and interactive yeah. and I just love my readers they'll send me cars they send me funny presents I um some one blogger like gave me a lady boner award <laughs> and the prize was like this glass dildo and I'm like I still have it up in the wrapper I'm like what am I supposed to do with this I can't, you gotta put it out, out. out. <laughs> I can't put out my award you have to my award under wraps anyway it's hilarious and so to. I mean I'm like, romance readers are the best. They are so much fun. I just love them so much. They're, they're hilarious and they're interactive and they tell you what they think. And that's awesome. And I just love it. I think it's great. So. Me too. So if you could pick one of your books to become a TV or movie, which one would you pick and who would you, your dream cast be? So I was thinking about this and I think of all of the books that would make really great movies, I think the ones that would really do the best would be like the Dirty Players series. Mm-hmm. That's the one, um, it's kind of a royal romance, but it's romantic suspense and it's got these two sisters who are con artists and they like, you know, so it kind of starts in Miami and they're like con artists where they like do these cons on casinos and yeah. that was so much fun because I was actually researching how to like you know cheat casinos like in history (laughs) right you know this is the funny story about they always say writers if anything happens to me destroy my hard drive right um, if I ever get arrested destroy my hard drive no I know for a fact that my government CEI agent who is like in my computer and like uh in my phone I'm on some type of watch list. Like I got (laughs) and he's like, and I just know that he's like looking at my browser history and he's like, yeah, like I know I like, we need to keep an eye on this one because I think that she might be plotting something crazy. Oh no, no, it's not. But uh, yeah, well, so that's, you know, I researched all these fun like cons for casinos. So you have all these great costumes of them, you know, in night and, you know, evening gowns doing all this stuff where they're rigging the roulette wheel, you know, and then, you know, 
So it goes from Miami and then they get taken to Monaco. It's not really called Monaco, but it's Monaco. It's fictional Monaco where yeah. they're going to do this con on the crown prince. And then, you know, the sister falls with the brother. So it's got, you know, all these like fun. And then of course she gets kidnapped because she doesn't do what she's supposed to do. And it's all this government affairs. So she gets taken to the Caribbean. So it's like, you know, and then there's killings and then there's formula one races. <laughs> and all. I really think that would be the best for movies just because there's so much happening. I think it would be too. So many things to see. Well, it's four books. So, um, so, you know, there's four books that you're dealing with, but I think that could kind of all work for like a movie or yeah, like even a streaming short eight episode. All right, passion flicks. Yeah, totally. Like, well, I was thinking kind of like, uh, I mean, it's it's not the Queen's Gambit, but you know how the Queen's Gambit was like eight eight show eight episodes, mini series yeah. type thing, something like that, or Bridgerton. Oh my God, or like Bridgerton, you know, but yeah. like you know, kind of spread it out because then you could kind of do the whole you know start finish thing. It you could do like four series. You could do like four seasons, one for each book. Right. Oh yeah, I I will take anything <laughs> but I do think I have always thought since those books came out I'm like this would be the greatest show because this would be so much fun to watch and you know and so because it has two love stories you know the brothers and the sisters and um and so you know you've got a lot and then you've got all that gorgeous scenery and then you know you're kind of going back and forth and it's so much excitement and there's kidnappings and murder attempts budget and for that though the budget, um, the budget for know. that though <laughs> right well, you know, you could kind of, you could kind of fudge some things, I think. Although yeah. I would like to be on location in Monaco. I will, I will sign up for that part. <laughs> She's like, take me with you. Absolutely. I'll just bring everybody drinks or whatever. I don't care. I'll just hide just to go. But no, um, I want to be yeah. in a director's chair. I want to, I want to be like, <laughs> <laughs> leave that to the experts, leave that to the experts. But, um, but no, that was super fun. I loved writing that series. That series was such a blast. And, um, and like, that's what I'm saying. Cause I really kind of love doing romantic suspense cause it's so much fun. And so that was a lot of fun. So that one would probably be my choice. So what's next for 2021? Well, I have kind of a top secret. Well, I already spoiled part of it because <laughs> I told you. What <laughs> I feel like you are so doing. bad at keeping secrets. I know, I know, I really am, and so I have to like zip, watch it. But um, but so September we're gonna show the whole one, the new unveil, the gorgeous. It's so gorgeous, y'all are gonna die. New covers. Uh, Lori Jackson helped me do them all, and she's so good. She does all of my covers now. But um, they're gorgeous. They're just so gorgeous. So she helped me redo all those, and then so that's September. And then my next release is actually going to be in December, and it's kind of part of a top secret group project that will be announced. Oh. Oh, like but not yet so and we are so excited about it it's going to be and I am like writing that book right now and I am so in love it is so awesome and it's like again small town second chance this one's going to be kind of first loves so it's going to be first loves first kiss first everything wink oh. wink yeah, no. Anyway, for both of them, you know, and I've never really written a story where both the male and female character were like first with each other. So that I'm kind of looking forward yeah. to that, kind of going into that. But, um, but I'll have to be careful with that because, you know, they're going to have to obviously be young. So I don't want to go too crazy because people get like freaked out when you write about <laughs> teenagers having sex. And I get that. I'm not saying you need to be writing about that, but I'm saying, you know, I'll still, you know, we'll figure that out. It may, I may have to 
have a little mini flashback, not a whole flashback chapter. But at the same time, story. though, like teenagers have sex, though. Like, well, I mean, it's true they do, and um, so I, I haven't gotten to that part yet, so I'll have to see how I can kind of <laughs> that out. But um, but anyway, so but there's also kind of a twist in there, and kind of he has this secret that he's been keeping anyway. So they kind of part ways. And then they come back together. I'm gonna and, ask um, you they spoil yes. this talking. <laughs> it's so good, y'all. I am so in love with this story. It's just so it's exciting and fun. And so she's like a psychiatrist, psycho, a criminal psychologist. Okay, and cool. so it picks up with he's um, going back to this small coastal town where he used to spend the summers because his family is super rich. So they have like this big mansion on this small island, and she's the suspect that she had been treating has gone missing and is writing like threatening emails and stuff to her and they're like okay you need to go out of town until we get this person back in custody because this person wants to hurt you so she's frustrated because she's like i'm not afraid of my my patients i just need to talk to this person they're it's they're not going to hurt me but they're like no so they send her away back to her hometown mm -hmm. so she goes back to kind of quote hide and he's going back to kind of check on this old man that he's been treating and stuff and um they're going to cross paths and then it's all just going to be whoosh, and it's going to be so great and I super exciting i can't wait oh, to awesome. read it y'all are going to love it so it's going to be <laughs> i can't so wait cool. to read it it so is. moving on to writing questions. Okay. Um, when did you first realize that you wanted to be a writer slash author? Well, that's okay. So that's kind of two different things because honestly, when I was a little kid, I always loved writing and I would like, my mom loves to tell how I would like read a book and then like start writing. Like, like I wrote like a 12 page, I guess, fan fiction about little women when I was like little, oh! when I was like nine or something. I, love I loved it. it so much. And why didn't Joe get with Lori? Dang it. Anyway, but um, but she was like, even as a little kid, I couldn't understand like, that. I couldn't understand that. It's because and, during that time, it felt it, women empowerment and like women didn't need no man. And I think, honestly, I think it was because the author wanted to stick with the theme, like the thematic, like the theme of like uh, women empowerment and that kind of thing. And had she had ended up with him, it would have taken that away. Probably. But, but I was, the romance in the, the romance way. community demands it. She could have changed them. Anyway, the romance, um, the romantic in me wanted that too, so it's fine. Well, that's the thing, and and then I wrote like it's so hilarious. I don't even know where it is anymore. But like when I was like nine, I wrote like a comic book called Fury Woman, and it was about this lady scientist who'd spilled acid, and her face was all, and she had this giant eyebrows, and she kind of looked like Boris and Natasha, you know, with this giant eyebrows, and I swear, I remember, like, my black ballpoint pen, and I would scribble, and I was like, golly, I was kind of obsessed, so I always, like, wrote, but yeah. back then, I mean, really, this whole publishing revolution is pretty new. I mean, it really started around 2011 with the Kindle of actually being able to make a living as an author I mean up until yeah. about 2011 there was just you didn't you couldn't do it I mean even people who were traditionally published there was only maybe a handful of even those authors who could actually just write full-time a lot of yeah. authors you know you write when you're not doing your full-time job and I mean that's hard I mean I did start out doing that and that is just hard and yeah. um you're never with your family, you know, you never see anybody. It's really difficult. So, um, 
So really, I never dreamed of being an author because I was just like, eh, it's like rock, starting a rock and roll band. You know, I mean, it's like the chances of, of being able to do anything with that are slim to none. So yeah. I actually was a journalist for a while. And so I wrote for the newspaper. And, um, and so when my daughters were born, my, I, I became freelance. So I started working from home because my daughters are like a year apart. And so we were just like, ugh, might as well just stay home because <laughs> it's like it pay more in daycare than we would I would make so um yeah. so I started being a freelance writer so I started writing from home and then um and then when they went to school when they started preschool and kindergarten and all I was able to start doing more because I obviously had more free time and so that was in around 2012 and I was able to start like really kind of doing more writing mm-hmm. and you know, back then people were still blogging a lot. I don't know. And, um, and so like in 2011 and 2012, I was actually trying to be traditionally published because at that time they were still telling us independent publishing. Oh, if you, if you go self, if you go indie, you might as well just kiss your career goodbye. You know, you'll never work in this town, you know, very traditional guys were very anti-indie at that time and just very hateful. And so I was like, well, you know, and I actually did get a literary agent and I um, did get offered a publishing contract from Simon and Schuster that I ultimately turned down because I self-published a manuscript that my agent couldn't sell. Yeah. And she really liked it. She was like, if you want to try this, do this, the book to try it with. And it was actually a YA novel. And so I did, and it blew up. And I saw immediately that I had way better chance of making a, a career that I could live on going indie than I could with the traditional offer that they were giving me. Yeah. And so, um, and the thing with traditional, you know, those contracts are really, well, I don't want to bore everybody to death, but they're not very favorable to the author. I'll just put it like that. I mean, yeah. you don't get paid squat and they have the rights to your stuff forever and you have no say in anything and they can change your release date. They can change your cover. They have all the control. And so I actually listened to Margaret Atwood do a Ted talk about she didn't understand why all authors were not independent authors. I mean, like she did this whole thing about the minnows and the whales and she was hilarious. And after hearing that, I was like, golly, Margaret Atwood is an author that I've always really respected, you know? And I read a a lot of her books in college as an English major. And I was like, if she's saying this, she was like, if, it, if I were just starting out today, I would be an independent author. And, um, and so I was like, well, that does it. Cause I had a bunch of blogger friends, author friends, we'd all talk and stuff. And they were like, you need to go completely indie and you need to do this. You need to do this, get away from that traditional thing, you know, get off that. Well, I think board. that indie publishing made, um, traditional publishing a little more like open to certain things. Right. Cause I mean, like you Definitely. said, like, traditional publishers are not like in favor of the artist or like the actual like creative process itself right because they can change like they can have you change things in your manuscript and all of these oh, yeah. things right Absolutely. and like the only people and I'll be completely honest like the only people that I mean not now but then the only people that I felt like could really do like traditional publishing and do it well were like people who were like already like we're iconic names like Stephen King is signed with Simon and Schuster so like right. and but he's like a very like iconic person like it doesn't matter what that man writes nobody's going to tell him what he can and cannot publish yeah like, it's true you're right and, and, and so indie publishing made mm-hmm. a name for romance genres like it's it showed traditional publishing that 
oh, well, you know, maybe this does work. Maybe we shouldn't be as like, so nitpicky on certain things when we're, you know, doing manuscripts or whatever, because look at how these sales are for indie mm-hmm. publishing. And so then they had to get with the program. And now there's like a ton more, you know, hybrid authors that both do independent and traditional. You're right. You're absolutely right. And I mean, indie authors change traditional publishing by with the whole new adult genre, you know, I mean, Tamara Weber, who is a friend of mine, she's really great. Um, wrote easy, you remember? And, uh, and they didn't even, she, there was no new adult genre at that time. And, and they were like, we don't know where to put this because it's about, and it's so dumb because friends, the, the TV show friends, I mean, and I mean, think about, it, I guess, even how I met your mother and there's all these super popular, super successful television shows that are about, all new adult. about new adult characters, about these yeah. characters who are, like out, new are out of college or, or in college or just getting out of college or whatever in that age, in that group. Yeah. And there were no books for them. There were no books for people who loved that genre. And it's yep. like, it just seems so obvious. So she obviously changed that and created the new adult genre. And, and the then- fact that, listen, I really hope that, okay, so I'm pretty sure everybody and their mother has seen Sex Life on Netflix. Like, it's like- Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. BB's thing, yeah. Yeah, okay. I hope within every fiber of my being that that is like a catalytic version of Fifty Shades of Grey for like motion picture TV, that this is like a catalyst moment for Netflix and like Hulu and like all of streaming services to see how well books like chapters about 44 men and like romance genre things can do on the screen. I'm going to tell you right now, every woman in America was watching Sex Life, okay? That's like what we want to watch. It's what we read. Well, I think, and even before that, you know, you had Bridgerton and before that Outlander Mm -hmm. and um, am I forgetting anything? I mean, they've kind of, they've been slowly, Mm -hmm. oh, uh, like Dumpling, remember Dumpling? I I mean, that was YA, but still, um, you know. But before we fall. Yes, I think they're kind of slowly. Which was literally a Harry Styles fanfic. Yeah. That was yeah. literally I think they'll come out. around. I mean, you know, as these shows continue to do well and are, and you know, are well-received, I mean, they're, those producer guys are all about the money. Whatever's going to make money, they're going to, they're going to go with it. And I hope so, that um, people can see that these will make money. The fact that the New York Times doesn't recognize like, like romance authors, romance authors in general, is just like, yeah, those it, turds. it literally like blows my mind. Like I was so angry for who was it? Jennifer? It was Jennifer Armentrout who got snubbed by New York Times. I was so angry about that. I was like, Mm -hmm. and, and, and what was it? A crown of gilded thorns? Yeah. Well, they used to, you know, they used to not. Jay Sterling's one of them. Uh, Yeah. Well, no, they, they changed the rules for making the New York Mm -hmm. Times bestseller list. I think what they did was they eliminated the eBooks category altogether. Yeah. They used to have an eBooks bestseller list. And that's how a bunch of the indie romance authors made the New York Times bestseller list was with eBooks. And um, so, cause I mean, you know, you can't argue with the popularity of the romance genre, but I mean, they just want to look down on it and act like, you know, it's not, real yeah, fiction like or whatever we... which is so stupid so you know you got a man like philip roth can write a trashy novel and gets hailed as like the greatest what was it yeah. you know one of the top five authors american authors you know i don't of know if all time five. and it's like 
yeah, okay, but you call that literature. If a man writes about sexual sexuality and having sex and all that stuff, oh, yeah. it's literature. But if a woman writes about it, it's mommy porn. And that is so offensive yeah. to me because, Absolutely. I mean, no, there are authors, I mean, there are romance authors who are just having fun with it and writing, you know, really smutty books and just having a good time. And I have no yeah. problem with that. But then there are also people who are writing in the romance genre who are actually really, you know, wanting to tell stories and really, you yeah. know, be serious. And, um, I mean, heck, even Ice Planet Barbarians, it's silly and hilarious and tongue in cheek, but it's well-written. I mean, it's so, absolutely, I mean, it's super fun to read. I mean, so, um, it's just, it's annoying because it's, it's kind of, you know, it's just, I don't know. I don't want to get on my And it's like, I can, <laughs> I can name like most like 10 authors right now, right yeah. now. I can think of 10 books that would do if they like, so like John Green has like a huge following, right? Like it's, yeah. um, and I'm not saying that his books aren't great because I do enjoy a John Green novel. I'm, it's just in that same retrospect where it's like, I can think of like, like hundreds of books that I've read, read in like the indie publishing community or like romance genre that are written by women that are like just as good as the oh, yeah. Star stars. And it's like, what in the, what is like, how is his like this amazing, like literary experience, but like ours is just smut. And it's like, he's traditionally published and he's a guy, you it's know, like it's like, it's like the, I mean, I, Nicholas I Sparks. Although Nicholas Sparks books are not technically romance. They don't have happily ever after. Yeah, yeah. Still, <laughs> people are going to like go crazy over Nicholas Sparks when he's basically writing romances without the HEA always. You know, doesn't always have an HEA. So he's like, I write love stories. Oh, whatever. I oh, mean, you know, right in it's the so frustrating. It I is a frustrating thing. Trust me, we all feel it. But, you know, we love this. And like I said, I love my readers. They are the best and they're, they're the ones that make me want to do it because I mean, deep down, yeah. I mean, I love telling these stories because I'm an entertainer. I want, I want to tell y'all a story. I can't really sing. I dance horribly. And so, I mean, my, my creativity is writing. And so yeah. I write these books. I just want to entertain people, you know, help them have some fun, maybe help them feel better. I always try to have a little uplifting, you know, kind of message in there. So, yeah. you know, um, so it's kind of, you know, it's really awesome and, and that's what it's really all about. So you kind of have to, and thankfully, thankfully, I've been able to get to the point where I'm able to do this full time. And, yeah. um, and so I'm, I'm really, you know, you can kind of get bogged down in that stuff. And then you just have to say, whatever, it's always the way it's been. And maybe someday people get their head out of their butts and realize that, you know, these are great stories. They're a lot of fun there. You know, yeah. people love them. And I just don't like people being insulted or See, I used to, I taught English also. So I've had all these crazy jobs, but I was an English teacher first before I went back and became a journalist. Yeah. And um, and so for me, just getting people to read, you know, it's like just read because reading just expands your world, it yeah. opens your mind, it teaches you, you know, how to communicate. And I mean, it's just I, I don't want I don't like when people are put down or insulted for their choice of genre you know what they like to oh read oh my god same let them, let them read what they want you know if i, I like want to read fairy if i want to read fairy porn mind y'all's business okay exactly <laughs> everybody mind your business no okay? way. <laughs> because i guarantee that i know how to pronounce a hell of a lot of more stuff than you do okay oh and not only that you know you've, you've been introduced to all these different fairies different absolutely that you might never meet different worlds <laughs> like different places yes you've gone to different you worlds have no idea what that's like okay <laughs> so mind y'all's business 
leave me <laughs> alone. That's literally how I feel. That's so awesome. do you have any interesting writing quirks? Like when you sit down to write, like do you have to write at a certain time or like have to wear a certain pair of socks or something? <laughs> well, I do like to have socks on because my feet do get cold. I'm, I'm always cold. I saw a sweatshirt somewhere that said always cold on it. And I was like, I have to get that for me because I am. But um, I do... I do kind of like, if I'm really getting into writing a scene or something, I kind of like to go in the living room because it's like, it's, people don't go in there and there's like a coffee table in there and I like hunker down by the, like in front of the couch and like work. <laughs> it's because I feel like it's kind of, it's almost like being in a cave because my regular workspace is like wide open in this room here. And it's like yeah. all very open and there's a window right there and it's so bright. Whereas I can go in there and kind of feel like I really am kind of in the space. I don't yeah. know if that's weird, but it helps me. It helps me. No, okay. it's not. <laughs> so I move right. around a lot, moving around a lot. Sometimes I, I write on a notebook that kind of helps me. Like if I'm feeling like I'm stuck in a scene, yeah. I'll actually get a pen and a notebook. And for some reason, sometimes that'll just unlock it. And it's like, I'll just start writing with ink, maybe because it's slower, you know, typing is so fast that I can actually keep up with my brain. Yeah. yeah. And the writing kind of makes me slow down and kind of I think, you know, about yeah. everything and it'll kind of trigger like a, Oh, Oh, you know, and yeah. yeah I can't do that though, because then when I go back to like rewrite, like to, to trace that back to a computer, I can't read my handwriting. So, Oh, well, yeah, that's probably, I can't do that. <laughs> she just wishes I could write for her. Yeah. She's got amazing handwriting. So, well, yeah, some people do that dictation thing. I've never been able to make that work. No. You have to pronounce all the punctuation too. And I'm sure you get used to it. I just like have... the dog ran over the, you know, creek. Period. Period. <laughs> <laughs> this, comma. Exclamation point. Right. And it's like, oh man, that kind of takes me out of the story there. <laughs> yeah, same, same. I could not. Like, too much going on. Oh, yeah. no. oh, no. so what does your family think about your writing and have any of them read any of your books well okay so um my current my immediate family my husband and my two daughters they I mean my two daughters are like girl boss they love that girl boss, yes. yeah they love it they love that I'm an author and that I do well they think it's funny because if we like go out some anywhere where there are people there who we don't know and they'll be yeah. like oh you know do, what do you do and I'm like oh well I'm I'm an author and they're like oh really what do you write and it's like romance novels you know and I try not to go <laughs> too far down that road but um but anyway and so they're like oh okay and so they think you know your husband is taking care of you and yeah. um and I mean my husband has a great job and he does really well, but they always think it's so funny that people just think that I'm just like my little writing hobby. And it's like, you know, it's actually this whole business where I hire editors, cover designers, publicity people, all this, like, it's a full yeah. business. And I'm like, yeah, um, yeah, I do, but you know, it's funny. And it's just like, so that, that always cracks me up. Um, my, my other extended family, different members of my extended family know, but not everybody, just because some people are very, I don't know, judgy. So I kind of, some people would be shocked, shocked, I say, that I know how babies are made. And it's like, oh, well, yeah. I mean, I'm it's an very old lady now. I've got two kids. <laughs> Kat, one of our, uh, the, one of the authors I PA for is a, a kindergarten teacher. Okay. Oh. And okay. nobody at her work knows. Right. Yeah. I understand but that. <laughs> it got worse. Really <laughs> weird. I don't know what that's about. Cause it's like, 
I, I don't, I don't know because they'll sit up and they'll watch some terribly violent, horrible thing. Yeah. And that's okay. But if it's, you know, a loving couple having sex, that's not okay. I don't understand. Why is that not okay? I so, got she got a few people that found her though because some of her Instagram reels went viral, especially about a ballet bar scene. Oh. And people were popping in our chats like when we would go live or <laughs> so they ended up having to tell her her even her personal family didn't even know what she was doing. Yeah. Only her well, husband knew. Yeah, that's kind of that's 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 tough. That is a risk, you know, it's that some people like, are gonna get really upset with you. I feel like it's a generational. I feel like it's a generational thing, right? I think you're right. Like I, I talk right. all the time yeah. about how my grandma, my Gma, I love her, my southern ass grandma, right? Right. I busted her reading Fifty Shades of Grey Thanksgiving, right? <laughs> of like when Fifty Shades of Grey was like first out, and she and, probably loved it. She was like, "Oh, bro!" <laughs> so I come in and I'm, you know, we're helping set the table or whatever. And next to her, like, she has, like, this coffee table, and there's, like, newspapers on it, and I know people are going to eat in the living room, so I'm picking it up or whatever, and I pick up this newspaper, and there's, like, Fifty Shades Freed, so it's, like, I obviously know that if you have the second one, you already read the the first one, (laughs) so I pick it up, and I go into the kitchen, she's got, like, her apron on, she's got her curls, her, oh my god, I I will never forget this for the rest of my life, she's got her freaking, uh, what are those things called, her, uh, curlers, her rollers in got her rollers in <laughs> I go to the kitchen and she's mashing mashed potatoes and I'm like grandma I was like uh, what's this and she was like oh that's just your aunt she left it here the other day and I was like well nope. I was like don't you dare lie to you read it like, you reading <laughs> I was like are you reading 50 shades of gray and she's like keep your voice down Lexi <laughs> and I'm like grandma. I was I was like grandma it's fine I've already read them I was like are you liking it and she was like I'll be honest with you, I like it, but I've I've had to Google so many words. Like, I don't know. Like, and I'm like, like sexual terms, and she's like, yeah, like I don't know what I didn't know what a flogger was, and I was like, grandma, wait, a flogger? Come on, come I on, was grandma. Like, grandma. You know what that is. But she was like so embarrassed. She was like, oh my god, please, like keep your voice down, like don't tell anybody. And I think it's a generational thing because I was like, bro, I read Fifty Shades of Grey like eight thousand times, like no. Well, I mean, you know, it's not really anything new. I mean, you know, yeah. Anne Rice was writing, uh, you know, Blue Romance back when she was also writing the Interview with the Vampire books. And if you go yeah. even further than back, you know, you had Anais Nin and, and you know, uh, Henry. You Miller. had J.R. Ward. Who Those had- guys were like super raunchy. And so, yeah. I mean, you know, it's this stuff's been around forever. Um, exactly. I, it's just, you know, I don't know. We could probably get real super deep and philosophical about what that's all about but new readers don't want I mean listeners don't want to hear all that (laughs) unless they're fussing in there (laughs) my last writing question to you is what is the weirdest thing you've ever had to google for a book back to the CIA thing dang you know I think I meant to think about this and I and I forgot weirdest thing I've ever had to Google and I've had to Google some weird stuff especially lately I've been Googling weird stuff but um (laughs) what in the world might have been the weirdest thing you know I don't know I'm sorry I can't I mean like I Google crap all the time but it's like ah it's like I don't know I do it and I don't store it in my head I just like incorporate (laughs) it in and keep going you know it's kind of like drive by I got it 
keeping going. But um, I've Googled everything from weird antiques to like uh, poisons to, well, I told you like how to, how to uh, uh, run a con on a casino. Yeah. I actually Googled, I actually had to Google how to win at roulette once. And so, I mean, I'm constantly Googling everything like houses and what houses look like and like oh, how to yeah. count cards <laughs> oh yeah i mean yeah, like, 21 <laughs> i mean i've googled like how to use different bdsm things because one of the books in the dirty players series one of the characters is into that and yeah. so i was like it was so funny because um i had another friend uh aletha romig i don't know if you know her i she yeah. was reading one of my one of those books and she was like where did you find where how do you know about all this and I'm like (laughs) I know right I always tease her I'm like she acts like she's my big sister and um she and me and Tara Civic used to be able to do stuff together a lot because we live really close to each other and so we would say Aletha's the big sister I'm in the middle and Tara's the wild child youngest but um but uh, she was like, how do you know about all this? Where did you find all this? I was like, Google. <laughs> and then Amazon, if you go on Amazon, they actually have like kits, like BDSM kits that oh, you can wow. buy on Amazon. Anyway, I know it was crazy. But I mean, like I said, I have Googled all kinds of stuff. I've Googled things for pets, for little kids. Oh, bro. Um, I love it. It's just, I love it. It's been years of Googling. That's what I said. Destroy my hard drive. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I Don't get caught. Destroy Don't this hard it. drive. <laughs> So Stevie, I'm going to let you take reading questions and then we'll move on to trope questions. Okay. So what book has your favorite cover? Of mine? Any of them. Yours. It can be any book that you read. Or both. That's a great question. There's so many gorgeous covers out there. You know, I really love, I really love both the, um, you know, some of the authors now are doing sort of these like, um, not using humans, like using yeah. like scenery covers. I saw one just the other day that I thought that is so gorgeous. Uh, Kaylee um, Ryan and Lacey Black are doing it with Beneath the Fallen Star, under underneath the, Beneath the Fallen Stars. Yeah, I don't know. And that is a I, colorful. I'm, I'm, I'm actually looking right now, but um, they're so beautiful. I, so I really love all kind of covers. I really just love the really artistic ones that kind of really, you know, make you go, Ooh, what is this about? Like, oh yeah. my gosh, like Emma Scott's last cover with mm-hmm. her new book, The Center, that just came out. Yeah. That's so gorgeous. And, um, you know, I guess if, if I were asking for my favorite cover of mine, oh, probably, probably wait for me just because there's so much emotion in that cover. And maybe because yeah. I really love Travis, I want him on all of my cars. I swear to God, it's so funny. I'm like, I cannot put Travis on another one of my book covers. Because <laughs> like, Who is he? Who is he? Which guy is he? Which hero is he? Because it's like, I saw a picture of him and, and Wander's always like, you can never have enough. I'm like, no, I can, I can have enough. And I do have enough that can't have five. But um, I just love them all. You know, if they're really like, if they're sexy and they make you say, I want to know what's in here, you know, it's like, yeah. give it to me, give it to me. <laughs> love it. So who are some of your favorite authors to read? This is your chance to pimp your friends. Oh man, okay. you know, this is not cool because I've been around a long time. So I know a lot of people, um, you know, I, I swear it's just depends on what you're in the mood for. Like, I always know if I'm feeling like I want something really, angsty and like messagey and like um moving I'll read like a Mia Sheridan book because you know Mia her books always just rip your man Archer's voice gets me every time even some of her books that I thought I wasn't gonna like 
Mia, I love all of your books. Any of it, some of her books that I thought I wasn't going to like, I picked them up. Like I'm trying to think of one that I thought I'll just skip that one. Cause I don't think I'm really into that. And I ended up loving it, it was the one that was set in like West Virginia, I think. And they were like mountain people and the guy wanted to go to school. And oh, uh, I know which one you're talking about. Competing for that same like scholarship or something. Remember that one? Dang it. I can't remember it. But it ended up, I, and I thought, eh, I don't know if I'm already done. And it ended up being so good. So um, I loved Amy Harmon's, uh, I haven't really read, so I don't know, but I haven't read her historical and fantasy stuff, but I loved her when she was writing more romance, like uh, yeah. Law of Moses, remember Law of Moses? And like, even before that, Infinity Plus One, you remember those books yes. by uh, Amy Harmon? Back when she was in that phase, mm -hmm. I was reading a bunch of her stuff then and I loved all that stuff. Of course, Aletha's the Queen of Dark, so I love all her dark stuff. And Tara's the Queen of Hilarious. And Harlow, Ray, who's my bud, all her stuff is so good. Uh, it's really, um, that's what I said, there's so many, there's so many great authors, you know? And even like, if you're feeling like, uh, really want something gritty, you know, yeah. I'll, I, um, I don't know. I, I love like um, all those dark books too, you know? So I don't know, I read all over the place. I'm not really one of those readers who's like, I won't read paranormal because I'll read paranormal. I read those ice planet barbarians and they were fun. And, um, you know, so I'm, I'm pretty open. Um, do you know what just like hit me? Okay. I have been sitting here for like the past, the entire podcast, trying to figure out who you sound like. Oh, okay. Uh, you have a very familiar voice to me. And I was like, who is it that she sounds like? You sound like, have you ever seen Friday Night Lights, the TV show? no I watched the first episode and it was so good and I wanted to go back and keep watching it and I don't remember why I did are you talking about Connie Britton yes you sound just like Connie from Nashville Tammy Taylor coach Taylor's go. oh, yeah, wife I, have to go. I love her she is so gorgeous she is so beautiful I just love her to death but um, I would I cool. swear she's so beautiful like the way you just said beautiful I swear to god I was like that's Tammy Taylor well, you know I'm originally yeah, from Baton Rouge so it's probably that because I'm originally from probably. South Louisiana and I think she and she from Texas so it's probably you know depending on what yeah. part she's from around Houston area actually Baton Rouge, all those areas he was right born here. in Boston Massachusetts oh but, no but, well, in, but you know what that does make sense because there's that Irish connection and they say yeah. people in Boston smell, sound like people from New Orleans you know I was trying to do that thing but I suck at accents so I'm not gonna do that I'm but, telling um, you, you that's probably what it was you need to go watch Friday Night Lights it's on Netflix they put all five seasons on so Netflix. that first that first episode God, oh, right like, in. Ah, so I need just it. I wait need you'll fall in love with Tim Riggins and then you'll want to write a story just about oh no then I'll switch over oh 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 which made me think sports romance Ilsa Mad Mills my bud yeah you know, I like her too. out she is the queen of the I love her sports romance oh yeah her stuff is so love good them. she is really great so I know that's what said so many great authors how can I possibly just name one <laughs> <laughs> do you prefer e-reader or physical copies I'm, I'm an e-reader now. I, when they first came out, I really didn't think that I would ever like want to not be holding a book. And now I'm like, God, books are heavy. <laughs> They're really not. They're not heavy, but I'm so used to that little e-reader now that I'm completely, yeah. plus you can bring so many books with you. Yay. <laughs> and it's like, you can take all of the books you can take and you can highlight. Books. And, and can I was them. always that child. I don't know who it was we were talking to, but I was always that child where my dad would go on like family vacation and my dad would be like, two books. That's it. That's it. And I'm like, three. How can I possibly pick three? I was like, 
now as an adult, like we would go like as an adult, like I think I went like last year, we went on like a family vacation and I obviously have my own things and my own apartment. So I was like, Hey, Hey dad, look at this. You know what this, this thing is for? The whole thing is full of books. You know how many's in here? 10. And you can tell me how many I can't take. Yeah, it reminds me of that funny uh, Gilmore Girls little clip that was going around where she had like all the books and she had a reason for every book. And, you know, her mom's like, what, but you don't need two novels. And she's like, well, this one is, you know, this kind of novel. It's like, she has the whole thing thought out. I'm like, oh yeah, these are book, this is book lover problems. It's like, well, maybe I'm not in the mood for a memoir. Maybe I'm in the mood for this, or maybe I don't want fairy romance today. I want military. (laughs) 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 So what was your last five-star read? My last five-star read. That's a good question. Um, well, I get arcs all the time. So I've had a lot of really good arcs come through. I mean, really good stuff recently. Um, I'm actually, don't tell. I'm actually pulling up my Kindle right now to see, because I just read something that I was thinking, dang, that was good. I'm right in the middle of Give Me a Reason by Al Jackson. Love it. Me too. I'm reading it too. I'm so excited. Oh, Oh, it's so good. I just love her. She's another, everything she writes. I can just love it to death. I but um, voice all day. I know they're so good. They're so good. Well, huh? Oh, I'm just gonna give a shout out to Harlow and say something like "Hate" is what I've recently read that was so good. I um, I'm yeah, looking I through all my stuff and I'm like, well, I did read "The Center" and I really loved "The Center" by Emma Stone. That was really good. It's paranormal, but it's mm-hmm. like, oh, it's so good. You just gotta read it. Don't get turned off by that because you know I I know oh, some people I, like, I won't read paranormal and it's like, well, you're just freaking missing out man because it's I'm so a dark good. romance reader so I, I don't definitely... know if they think they're going to be scared um I don't know I mean you know but whatever I, I don't want to beat up on anybody read what you want to read <laughs> I'm a dark romance reader so I like paranormal so I have to add that yeah I love paranormal too I, I I I had two paranormal romances that I wrote and I was so proud because I loved paranormal so much that I was like I'm never going to be able to write a paranormal romance but I wrote one immortal as like a Halloween present because it was set. It was like the one to hold series as yeah. vampire romance set in New Orleans and everything. And I just really, it was kind of a passion project for me because I just really wanted to write a vampire romance. And so I did, and it came out and everybody really loved it. And so I was like, yay, I did it. Now I better stick to my brand. <laughs> I <love it. laughs> now I better go back to writing what people expect. <laughs> so, but it's fun. I love paranormal. Um, so now we are going to shift gears to our favorite section of the podcast, which is trope questions. However, it is the end of our podcast, which is very sad because this has been super fun, but what is your favorite trope to write and why? Okay. Um, so I've been thinking about this a lot because I have three different kinds of guys that I typically write. You know, I typically write the really broody kind of uh, I have a lot of military, former military heroes. Mm-hmm. So I typically write the really broody um, kind of, you know, protector guy who's got this really soft spot for the girl, you know, everything. So, and, but he's kind of quiet. He's the strong, yeah. silent type, you know, and all that. And um, so I have either him or I've either got the scout who's like the charming, like fun guy who's super yeah. sexy and playful, which I also think is fun. Or then I've got this billionaire, which is related to guy number one, 
but the billionaire is more like, you know, like stay Steven and boss of me and that they're a little more arrogant, a little more yeah. kind of dirty talking, a little more kind of, you're not going to change they can afford me. It. Yeah. They're the billionaires. <laughs> they're like, you're not going to change me. This is who I am. Love it or yeah. leave it. And I love them getting taken down a notch that crack. That's just like love that's catnip for me. Right. Especially when you find out that they've got like this wound that they've like not telling you that they find out and then yeah. it's like, oh, you know, so I think that's my favorite right now. <laughs> <laughs> so the third one I'm sorry the third one the really arrogant billionaire because he's like the first one but he's a little different so I don't know so that's where I'm at right now but I change you know my my loves kind of it just depends sometimes I'll be like no I really feel like a fun guy right now and I'll write like you know twist of fate because I'm like I just want a funny fun sexy guy who you can just like jump in the truck with and sing Xanadu real loud you know I love it <laughs> So what is one trope you would eventually like to write and why? Well, um, so I have done, like I said, I've, I've done contemporary and all the subgenres, a bunch of subgenres in contemporary. I've done paranormal, romantic suspense. I kind of, I've done cowboy. I have one two books that are about the same couple cowboy romance. I might go back to doing a cowboy romance at some point because I really liked although this was kind of Montana horse ranch big sky country you know that was one yeah. to leave and one to take in the one to hold series and um I loved that and I kind of love that whole like out in the wilderness kind of west the big west kind of thing love a man in some wranglers and a cow yes and like a <laughs> horse and like you know and you're just out in the yeah. wilderness and lakes and stuff and anyway so I might try to go back to that again um I have an author bud, Vanessa Vale, who is really cool. She lives in Colorado and she's always like, come stay. I've got a place and we can do like a writer's retreat. And I'm like, I might do that. Do it. That's something that I would really enjoy, but that's probably kind of a little bit down, maybe 2022. I don't know. Do <laughs> that's a little down the road, but that would be fun to, I, it, I know you said never written, but, and I have written that once. So maybe going back, I know I've written a lot of stuff. I've written a lot of stuff. <laughs> So what is one trope you'll never write and why? Well, I, I'll be honest with you, horror. And the only reason I say horror is because I'm a scaredy cat. Like my husband owns every single Stephen King book ever <gasps> written. He has every one. He even has his, yeah, he even has the ones where he wrote under the other name. Richard Bachman. Yes. And uh, the Dark Tower books, all yeah. that stuff. He is, he is the total Stephen. Yeah. He has all of it. I mean, we have friends oh, who like borrow his books and then bring them back and all. And they just nerd out talking about Stephen King books. And so, you know, when we first got married, I wanted to be a part of that world. Right. So oh, I was yeah. like, well, why don't you tell me, I love to read, tell me some of your, um, favorite Stephen King books and I'll read them. And so he's like, here's what I'll do. So he had gotten the one with the short stories in it. Uh, yeah, his short stories are so good. So was it Nightmare and Dreamscapes, Skeleton Crew, Night Shift? Um, what's the uh, one with the bloody cover? It's white and it looks like it's blood splattered. What's that? Is that the one I'm thinking of? Um, I mean, there were like a lot of them that were like recovered, but like his oh, okay. short stories are Nightmares and Nightmares and Dreamscapes from I Midnight. Wanna, maybe if I tell you, it was a story about a truck stop and the person went into the truck stop and they were like followed into the... I'm going to tell you, I had to stop reading it. I was like, oh, I can't read this anymore. I was like scared to get out of bed. To go to the bathroom <laughs> at night. I was like, I'm got to pee and I'm scared to get out of the bed. So I was like, I can't read Stephen King. 
He's too oh. scary. He's too good. He's so no, good. He he's scared so the crap good. out of me. He scares me. He's really good. He's really, really good. But I can't read his books. So is it the cell? Is that what you're talking about? Hmm. Is it any any? Oh, and Richard's favorite is is the one with the dog at the very beginning, where the dog Cujo. is killed. Uh, no, 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 not Cujo. The other one. Uh, it's uh, what's the one? And the the dog. Um, oh God, it's an early one. It's one of his like early ones. Oh, he's gonna kill me. That is I it Pet Cemetery? It's not Pet Cemetery. It's um. Let me see. Let me see. It's his favorite. Um, it's got like a scary name too. <laughs> That's not um, help, is, is it? The Sun Dog. Um, Stephen Stephen King books. Let me see. I'm gonna look it up. I'm looking it up on Amazon so I can All tell right, you. Go. I can remember it. Uh, it's no. It's one of his really famous ones. It's um. Oh poop. Um, Dead Zone. The Dead Zone. That's oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one of his early yeah. works. Yeah, they're good. Yeah, that's Richard's favorite one. And he was like, you got this is my all-time favorite Stephen King book. And he gave it to me. I was just like, oh, and I started reading it. I was just like, oh, this is so... Oh, I, actually I'm scared. Bought, so, I actually just went to Barnes & Noble and bought... Uh, he just released two new books, uh, Billy Summers and Later. So I bought mm -hmm. both of them. Um, but I, this is, this is something that your husband might find interesting. So, and people make fun of me for it all the time, but I don't even care. So <laughs> I'm like obsessed. Like, I mean, this tattoo, like I have, and if you look up here, I have like a little lamp of like, the <laughs> um, I, I literally love him. Like if I ever met him, I'd probably have a heart attack, but I have. So he seems he, super nice. <laughs> oh yeah. When he was in college, he was, well, like when he was like just graduating and it just started writing, he wrote short stories in Playboy. And like, it's insane to me that Playboy even had like words because I oh, thought yeah. they were just like, you know, naked women. But no, he wrote short stories for Playboy. And I have the edition of, he wrote word processor, word processor of the gods in Playboy. And I have that edition that's awesome magazine it's that's really cool it's in like a freaking glass thing i don't even care it's that's like really neat good for you well you know that used to be the joke people would say oh i just buy a playboy for the articles and it's like, i did not yeah, know that it sure. even had articles no i genuinely bought playboy just for <laughs> for the articles <laughs> i really read it just for the articles oh sure. to god and oh, i couldn't sure. get i couldn't get any just of the, the articles i mean there were like I just read it for those stephen king shorts it really was, I swear, but I can't. Not all the naked it, ladies, just the, the Stephen King. <laughs> the other ones were like, they're like $250. Cause obviously they don't publish those. Anymore. Yeah, I know, I know. So yeah. it's like $250 to get them. And I got that one for a steal on eBay for like eight. Yeah, that's awesome. Good for you. Keeping it. Oh, that's cool. That's really cool. Well, you know, so yeah. So horror is probably it and probably not really, you know, high fantasy. I don't see myself ever really writing like a game of thrones type of even though i love that show just don't watch yeah. the last season um i really enjoyed it i just uh it's just kind of not where my creativity goes i mean who knows never say never who knows maybe one day and down the road 10 years or something i'll be like i have a vision but at the moment <laughs> i don't have a vision of a big giant fantasy world with you know i, I love just, it it's just not kind of so Stevie is going to take our last question. I okay. literally just about stole it from you, but go ahead. Sorry. If you were in a book, what trope would you want for your story? Oh, I was in a book. Well, you know, I, I would probably want to do the romantic suspense, like thriller, exciting, 
you know, high stakes. So that's it. Cause I like to do fun stuff. So I want to be like in one of those fun, like, you know, uh, romantic kind of, you know, be a con artist who's like winning. Yes. <laughs> who gets hired to do a job in Monaco. Yes. Yeah, love it. it might be that that was my dream. And so I just wrote it down. <laughs> I was I like, love it. I would love to do this. So I'm just right. going to go ahead and write it and pretend <laughs> like I am. <laughs> love it. So thank you so much for joining us. This has been super awesome. You have been absolutely incredible. Thank um, you so much for having me. This is a blast. I love it. Thank you. I'm going <laughs> to let Stevie tell our listeners who day four is going to be. And I'm actually kind of excited for this because I had, that means I'm forced to have to read this book. That's on my shelf. All right. <laughs> so day four is Claire Contreras. Oh, I love Claire. I, I literally. So excited. <laughs> So her book, Fables and Other Lies, right? It's a running joke on this podcast because I'm a cover whore. Like I'll buy- That's a gorgeous a cover, yes. She I does didn't even know really gorgeous covers too. She's never even read it yet. She like, she bought it based on the cover alone. And I didn't even I understand that. I, I get that. Work. Yeah. It's still just chilling. It's so beautiful. It's, it's gorgeous. You're yeah. right. Claire's covers I love it. too. Yes. yes. So yes. we're super excited to chat with her, but thank you so much for joining us on our anniversary episode. This was yes. awesome. And thank we're just really so appreciative. So thank you. And we hope that you have a great day and we'll chat with you soon. Okay. Thank you guys.